0: Well, hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Nathan Harris. For those of you who don't know me, I am the lead pastor here at Celebration Center. And thank you for making your Sunday morning, making time this Sunday morning to be with us. Whether you're a regular here at Celebration Center or maybe you're a guest, a first-time guest this this morning, uh, thank you for joining with us. We're talking about something really important this morning. We're going to be talking about our time. And what time it is for us right now in the situation that we find ourselves in. And and to get us going, how many of you here know that time matters? That it really matters what we do with our time? My wife's grandpa used to tell her about money. He would say, sweetie, if you don't tell your money where to go, it just goes. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Before maybe you get nickel and dimed or you know, you get to the end of the month and you decide, oh my, or you discover, oh my goodness, I, I, I didn't tell my money where to go and it just kind of went. With money, we can earn more money, right? We can kind of dig ourselves out of that hole, but with our time, we can't do that. We cannot earn more time. Every year, we are each given 31 million seconds. We don't get any more. We don't get any less. We all get the same but but that's it. And when it's gone, it's gone. When we don't tell our time where to go or what what we don't decide intentionally what to do with our time, it just goes and we can't get any of it back. Added to that is what a guy, uh Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote in a letter we call Ephesians in the New Testament. He wrote this this is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. He said, Be very careful then how you live he says in other words be intentionally he's or be intentional he says don't be unwise but be wise verse 16 making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil he doesn't say Try to make the days not evil. I mean, there are things that we do. We invest in the good and, and we redeem things in the way that we behave and, and we act and we invest and all of that. But he says, don't fret so much about that. He says, decide what you're going to do with the time you have and your intentionality. It reminds me of the scene in Lord of the Rings. Uh, for any of you who've been around for very long, you know that I I, I really like J.R.R. Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. But there's this scene there where Gandalf is sitting down and talking with Frodo about the danger Frodo is about to encounter because of the ring. And Frodo gets to this point out of fear and desperation. He says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish that none of this had ever happened. And Gandalf says this really cool thing. He says, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. He says, everybody wishes that things were different, but we can't choose our situation, he says. He goes on, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that's been given to us. That is literally the only thing we can determine to do. That's what Paul was talking about. What in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, that passage we just read. What are you going to do with the time that you've been given? Not only do we have only so much time in our lives, but we we can't determine what happens in the time. We can only decide on how we respond, how we intentionally act within the time that we have. How many of you here, by watching the news or hanging out with family and friends or listening to the stories of those around you, understand that there's a lot of really bad stuff going on in the world? I mean, let's face it, there's the coronavirus, but on top of that, there's other things too. There's still a lot of other bad stuff going on. According to the Apostle Paul and J.R.R. Tolkien, all we can do is choose what to do in this time. All we can do is choose how we are going to invest ourselves now. That's our big idea this morning. We're called to live with hope, to live out hope. And and here's the big idea. To live with hope is to live on purpose, where we use every moment for something eternal. We invest ourselves in such a way that we use all of our gifts, our, our time, our talents, our treasures, everything about us for the good of those around us. In the ways that God has created us for. Now, you guys, is a time and a situation that is in desperate need of hope. Now is a time and situation that desperately needs a fresh infusion of God's grace, His radical, amazing, never-stopping, never-ending, never-giving-up, always-and-forever love. Now is a time and a situation for us to live out our hope because we, and if you are a Christ follower, you're part of this we. We are God's gift of hope in and for the world. What are we going to do with our time? How are we going to live this out? Because let's face it, it's a really big job. But I think that together, God has created us individually, but also as a, as a body, as, as a group of Christ followers. When we work together, we can live this out. So how do we do that? I've got a couple of things I want to land on this morning. Here's the first one. We need to view the time we've been given as a gift from God. View the time you have been given as a gift from God. You know, more than once, I've thought I've had plenty of time to get a task done. I I can remember times when my wife has said, hey, Nathan, I'm going to the grocery store. Uh, While I'm gone, I need you to get, you know, whatever the, the task or chore or whatever else is, you know, done. And I look at the clock and I think, okay, no problem. I've got this. I can do this. And and so what do I do? As, as soon as she's out the door, I'm checking football scores. I'm looking at the baseball game. I'm I'm, I'm I'm wasting time. And then when she's about 15 minutes from being home, I get up in a in a in a panic. Oh my goodness, I've wasted all this time. I've got to get this task done. And then the people around me become the collateral damage. Due to my self-induced stress because I wasted time. Nobody else here has ever done anything like that, right? Here's some stats I found about media consumption. For the average U.S. adult. And I chose this because we, are, we live in a culture that very much values entertainment. And we get that through the media, whether that's sports or you know uh, checking out YouTube videos or, or, or Facebook or whatever else. Okay, Here is how the average U.S. adult spends in, in consuming media. Some of us do this much more, some of us do this much less. So th- this is just generalization here. The average U.S. adult spends more than 11 hours a day or about two-thirds of their waking time consuming media of some form. Maybe it's TV, maybe it's on your phone, maybe it's on your computer or, or, or listening to the radio, whatever. 11 hours a day. Again, now some of that's in the background. You're doing other things, but it's still happening. The average U.S. adult spends almost, or spends a little over four hours a day watching live television. There's all of the shows that we want to keep up on, so we're watching TV. The average U.S. adult spends almost two and a half hours a day on on the internet or on an app on their phone. Now, granted, some of this is for work, some of this is learning, some, you know, so it's not all bad. But this is what we're doing, and a, let's face it, a lot of it is just wasting time. And and we waste time because maybe we're scared to go after a dream. We feel ill-prepared or like the dream might be a little bit too big. We waste time because we're afraid of failure. Have you ever felt fear of of being afraid of of failing at something? Like you wouldn't measure up, you wouldn't accomplish it. And so it's like, "Eh, I'm not even going to start. We waste time because we've been brought up to look for instant gratification rather than long-term gains. And so that we don't have the patience. So we waste time. And sometimes we waste time, it's an escape mechanism to numb some stress or pain, just some situation that we don't want to face right now. Kind of like the situation we're in at the moment. I realize many of us are experiencing hard things. There's the whole coronavirus thing going on, but then there's other things on top of that. There's other health issues happening. There's financial stress. There's relational stress. There's other things going on in our worlds. And life is hard right now. Now, I don't know about you, but in many instances, these kind of hard things have tripped me up. And it's tripped me up because Seeing whatever time I've been given as a gift from God means that I have to actually radically trust God. Because let's face it, like I said, we don't get to choose all of our circumstances. And sometimes I'd rather not face those circumstances. I I remember a time when uh, I had a boss who called me into his office and he had to lay some things out for me because I was not measuring up. And he let me have it with both barrels. I was so embarrassed. I wanted to crawl in a hole and, and just hide for the rest of my life. You ever experienced something like that? It's in the middle of those messes, th- those, those stress points. Where where Jesus shows up, it's like the story when when Jesus sends his disciples out across the lake. He says, "You take the boat, go across the Sea of Galilee here, and I'm going to meet you on the other side." Right now, I'm going to spend some time in prayer by myself. You guys go on ahead. I'll catch up later. And so they start rowing out, and they're about halfway across the lake. All of a sudden, the storm comes up. The waves are really really big, and 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 Jesus isn't with them they're freaking out thinking they're going to they they're, they're going to sink and all of a sudden they see this thing that they think is a ghost come walking across the water it turns out it's Jesus and in that moment they freak out even more and and Jesus in that moment meets them in their stress in their pain in their in their fear and he offers them another choice He says to them, take courage, don't be afraid, it's me. I'm here, he says. And when I read those accounts, it's as though Jesus is saying to me, take courage, don't be afraid, I'm in the middle of this. And I've come to the understanding that when I'm in confusion and pain, that's the very point where Jesus shows up in the middle of my fear, in the middle of my stress, whatever's happening. And, 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 and in that, I, I, I find that I'm at a crossroads where, where my fear intersects with an opportunity to have some faith, some trust, to choose to trust Jesus. Not because I'm promised some good outcome, but because of who Jesus is. You guys, Jesus shows up in the middle of our messes, in the middle of our fear. Our fear is that point where we get to choose trust. We have an opportunity to choose trust in who he is. Maybe you need to hear that message from Jesus this morning. Maybe you need to live that message to other people around you today of Jesus saying, take courage, don't be afraid. I am with you, I have never left you and I never ever will trust me in this. Trust who I am. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter how difficult or how painful it is, if you will choose to trust Jesus because of who he is, Jesus will actually take all of your circumstances into himself, no matter how rough, no matter how hard, no matter how challenging, he will turn it into something beautiful and then he will use it in the world around you. You guys, when we do that, when we choose to engage and trust in that way, we won't merely go through situations, we will actually grow through them. You see, God's part is to make something beautiful out of the situations we go through and encounter. That's not It's not up to me to make that happen. That's up to God. Our part is to view the time we've been given as a gift from God. And to choose to be present with and to the people around us instead of wasting our time. Instead of shrinking in fear, we step out in trust. I love how James put it. He said, consider it all joy whenever you face trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God does amazing things. When we come to the end of ourselves, because that's where he gets to just blow up and to make things bigger and better. It doesn't mean that it won't be, that it's gonna be easy. It doesn't mean that we still won't encounter difficult things. It means that God has the power to bring us through it, that he gets to put his resurrection power and life on display in us and through us. Will we view the time we've been given as a gift from God, no matter what is happening in that time? Which brings us to the second point, which is this. Invest the time you have to make an eternal difference. Seeing the time we've been given as a gift from God is important. We have to do that. It's a starting point. But if it isn't coupled with investing what we've been given into the world around us to make a difference, then we've missed out on the whole point. For quite a while, I've I've talked about this before. Uh, For quite a while, my son Caleb would come up with all kinds of schemes and plans about how to get Lego. He loves Legos and he wants to get more Legos. And so he was—he would scheme and plan about how to be able to afford more Legos. What he's going to sell. What he's going to, um, you know, ask for for birthday or Christmas or you know whatever else, all so he can get more Legos. And and my wife and I have been in a, uh, a conversation with him, ongoing. Hey, g- dude, we got to give to God. You know, this is a value to mommy and daddy, but it's also just something that God expects of us. That God calls us to do, to give to him first. And, and Caleb has had a hard time with it from time to time because, man, he might be missing out on something even better that he could get if he didn't, you know, give to God first. Now, let's be honest. We can have a tendency to view life in our time like that too, Right? Here's the thing, God gives us good things because he loves us, but it's so that we can join him in doing what he is doing. He does love us, he does want us to have good, okay? He, hear that. But it's not so that I can just have good things and be happy and 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 then and content in myself. If, if that's the way I'm living, then, then his love becomes a dead end in my life. Or it meets a dead end in my life. It doesn't flow through me or out of me. I have to be willing to invest the good that he's given me. To join him in what he is doing. In Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul describes for us our life apart from Christ. He says there that we were bound and, and determined Bound to, excuse me, and determined by the world. That we've been enslaved to the very things that separate us from God. In a word, he says, apart from Jesus, you were dead. You had no life. There was nothing in you. And then in verses 4 through 9, he goes on and he, he describes God's incredible gift to remedy this situation. His radical love that meets us where we're at. It doesn't expect us to just kind of be able to make things happen on our own. It meets us. It goes to us in our mess, in our deadness, and brings us to life. His love frees us from what enslaves us so that we can live as his kids. This is so awesome, you guys. This is who our God is. He's the loving God who freely gives life to people who can't earn it. And then he writes this in verse 10, Ephesians 2.10. He says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do or to live out, to live in. Now, don't miss this. We've talked about this. If you've been around here at Celebration Center, uh, before you, you've heard me talk about this. This is a big deal to me. We are God's handiwork. Paul isn't simply talking about something that's quickly thrown together or even an elaborate house that's been built, though that probably is, is a little bit better of a picture. The word Paul uses here is poema, the handiwork, the poema And it's where we get our word poem from. God, or Paul is talking about a work of art, specifically God's work of art. Each of us as individuals, but then all of us together who are in Christ, are God's artistic expression in and to the world. And when Paul says we've been created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, he's pointing directly at our purpose. Each of us individually and us together collectively have received God's love and life so that we can do and live out the good works he's designed us for. Even though those good works might look a little bit different from me, to you, to somebody else next to us. It's still the good works that we're called to live for, that we're designed for, so that we will put him on display. When we do this, we actually partake in God's work of redeeming the world. Not in the same way that Jesus has redeemed the world, but we begin to implement what Jesus has accomplished by being God's love in and to the world. Think about that. We get to participate with God in making bad situations good. We get to participate with God in correcting evils. In the world and bringing justice we get to participate with God in this work because that is what we have been created for it's our purpose but to live this out we must invest our gifts our time our talents our treasure everything we've been given for the good of the people and the world around us. We have been called to be hope brokers, to be hope dispensers. And to do that, we have to view the time that God has given us as a gift. And then we have to turn around and invest what we've been given. We've got a class coming up this next Sunday, one week from today, on April 26th. We're going to do it through a Zoom meeting. It's our membership class. And in this class, you can see who we are as a community of faith and what it takes to be part of this community. And it's a great way to join with the rest of this community called Celebration Center. And and as we work together in figuring out how to live this calling out, how to be this hope. And if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you and invite you to come and take this course with us. If you're watching live, fill out the connect with us tab in your upper right-hand corner of your screen and, and, and sign up. In, in the box there, there's a little there's a little box for you to write out a prayer request. If, if you have a prayer request, fill that out. That's great. But you can also just type in there, I want to join the, the membership class. And see what Celebration Center is about. Hit submit and we'll get that. We'll be in contact with you. You guys, we need to see the time God has given us as a gift. And we need to turn around and invest that to make an eternal difference. This last week, as I was getting ready to leave the house, my daughter begged me to wait to leave I was feeling in a hurry I was kind of feeling rushed but this was really important to her and so I I listened to her I stepped back it's like okay sweetie what's up she goes daddy I want to give you something before you go and what she did was she drew me a picture it's just a hand drawn picture with crayon of her and me walking together in the sunshine she goes here you go daddy She handed it to me. She loves me so much, she wanted to give me something out of her love. And she took the the nearest things at hand, a crayon and a piece of paper, and she drew me a picture and said, I love you. You guys, that's the kind of thing we do when we invest intentionally into living out the hope we have. What will you do with the time And everything else that you've been gifted with, will you hoard it for yourself or will you join God by living out your purpose and experience hope as you give hope, as you live a life lived on purpose? What will you do? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are our hope. Thank you that you love us unconditionally, that you don't expect us to live up to anything before you love us, but you just simply love to give us love. You want to infuse your life into us, and so you you meet us right where you're at. So I invite you, meet us now. God, in the middle of our fear, in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our failures, in the middle of everything that we are experiencing right now with the coronavirus or or anything else that's happening in our lives. God, I invite you. Meet us. Meet us in our storm and help us to trust in you, to view what we have, where we're at right now as a gift so that you can bring us further and deeper into the life that you have for us, and then you can release that life through us into the world around us. God, give us this grace, I pray. Maybe you haven't begun your life as a Christ follower yet, but you want to. You want to experience this life. This kind of life. I'm going to say a very simple prayer. Just make it your own. Jesus, here I am. I want to be in your family. I want you to give me your life. And I want you to give life through me. So here I am. I offer myself to you. Take all of me and give me all of you. Jesus, for anybody who made that prayer theirs, I ask that you would meet them right now where they're at, in the middle of their uncertainty, in the middle of their fear, maybe in the middle just of unsurety. Maybe, maybe it's just in the middle of, of boredom even. Meet them right where they're at. Let them see you and experience you and know you right now and release your life through them. God, release your life through all of us as we view the time that we are in as a gift from you and we invest what you've given us into this time and into the people around us on purpose. God, we love you. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being with us again. I would love to have you uh, sign up for our membership class, just like I said, in, up in the upper right-hand corner of your screen. Um, you click on the Connect With Us and, and you can sign up that way. Or you can email me at Nathan at and I will get that You guys, go this week in the grace of God and the love of Jesus and in the fellowship that we have because of the Spirit. Go this week. Live knowing that this time you've been given is a gift, even in the hard, even in the difficult. That Jesus is with you and that you get to join with him in investing on purpose into your family, into your neighbors, into the people and situations around you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week.